Hey, well, again, good morning, Grumlog, and so glad you all decided to join us here today. Before I really dive into this this morning and, and share with all of you what, what it is I know that, that God has laid on my heart today, uh, I actually just want to start with prayer, uh, so allow me to do that now. Um, God, we thank you uh, that you really are a God who is in control. We thank you that none of this has caught you off guard. Uh, I thank you, God, for every single person that is tuning in right now and, and is listening and, and is watching uh, this this service. Uh, it blows my mind to think about the fact that, that you knew uh, at the beginning of time uh, where everybody would be precisely, what they would be listening to in this given moment, so it's not an accident that people are hearing this right now, and I just ask that all of us would be open. We just take a deep breath right now and in the midst of just the chaos we're experiencing and, and and all of us would just truly be open to whatever it is that you want to say to us today. Uh, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, well, again, I, I just want to say welcome to all of you. So glad that all of you decided to, again, join us for another edition here of Church Online. I'm telling you, I was so incredibly encouraged uh, by what we saw last Sunday, not only because there were a lot of people that joined us online. In fact, there were way more people joining us online than ever really walked through our physical doors. Uh, but also, in particular, the thing that was really getting me excited were all the new people that were literally checking us out for the very first time that have actually never walked through our doors before. And, and we know that you are actually out there again today. And, and again, we just want to say thank you so, 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 so much for making Grumlaw a part of your week and giving us here uh, just a portion of your week. Thank you for giving us a shot here this morning. Uh, we really think that right now uh, our church has an unprecedented opportunity to reach people who are far from God. Uh, we, we all suddenly have a little bit more free time on our hands, and we think because of the accessibility of church online and that establishments like ours are basically forced to figure out the online option that more people than honestly ever are giving church, are giving Jesus a chance. And, and our prayer is, uh, if this is one of your first or second times with us, is, is that as strange as it might sound to you today, that you will experience God today in a way that you never have before. Because see, God is not limited by the walls of a building. A church isn't a building, it's a community of people. And the truth is, is that God so desperately wants a relationship with you and is in fact pursuing you, specifically you. One of the things that we talk about all the time around here, and it's one of the greatest promises that God gives us is that as you move towards God, as you take steps towards God, he will always move closer to you. And by virtue of the fact that you literally just jumped online for this service today, you are taking a step towards him. Uh, really quick, before we kind of get into the meat of this today, I, I want to address all of you uh, that would call Grumlaw your church home Thank you, uh, even in the midst of what we're experiencing, for, for continuing to be a church that is incredibly generous. Thank you for allowing us to continue to be marked by our generosity, for continuing to give. Uh, as was already mentioned earlier in the service, we are actually ramping up our generosity right now because there is such a great need that exists within our community, uh, that exists within our church. Uh, for those of you that would normally give in person, you obviously can't like feed like money through your computer or a check through your computer, uh, we would invite you to, to participate in online giving. You can simply go to Grumlaw 
dot com slash give. If you're having any trouble setting that up, uh, you can just simply email info at grumlaw.com or you can call us on our church number 810-510-0298 and, and one of our staff members would be happy to walk that uh, walk through that with you. Uh, you could also text any dollar amount, use our text to give option, text any dollar amount to 84321 uh, and set it up that way. Uh, I just want to say this, in a time right now where, where so many of us have, have real financial concerns, and, and I get that, I've had some of those financial concerns as well, I don't want there to ever be this feeling over the coming weeks, over the coming month, months, that somehow Grumlaw is after your money. But, but I will say this, to all of you who are watching, to all of you who would call yourselves Jesus followers, this is definitely worth noting, that there is no doubt that there is no doubt that right now the evil one wants to take advantage of this situation and in particular cripple the local church financially. He, he desperately wants Jesus followers to buy into the world's way of doing things, to live in fear, to, to, to hoard, to get stingy. And I would just challenge you, if you call yourself a Jesus follower, please, please, please do not cave to that fear. I'm truly believing that this is an opportunity to to exercise a trust in God, perhaps like you have never done before. And again, I just say to those of you who have already been kind of pushing back against the evil one in this particular arena, we say thank you for your faithfulness. Again, we say thank you for your generosity. I really am so excited uh, to be coming at all of you uh, in your living rooms and in your kitchens and your bedrooms, however, and wherever you're joining us. Hooray for the World Wide Webs. It's exciting stuff and and super excited to to share with all of you what it is I I know, again, that God has laid on my heart to share with all of you this week. Uh, Admittedly, I have definitely had a a bit of an internal struggle going on as it relates to what I should even speak on today. Uh, Months and months ago, we planned this series again titled, He Did What? And there was kind of this tension of, okay, do we we still go with this or... Or do we do something entirely different? Uh, Last week, God actually just kind of made it really, really easy on me. I talked about that because what we actually already had planned uh, was such a perfect fit. In fact, uh, it was like, and I think some of you are probably already thinking this, it was like that entire Mastermind series was kind of teeing us up for this particular moment in the history of our world. Uh, but, but this week, I, I'm telling you, I, I didn't really have that, that same sense of peace as, as we start this new series that's going to be specifically looking at a handful of the miracles that Jesus performed during his time on earth. So, so full disclosure, uh, today I, I was actually scheduled to talk about Jesus' very first earthly miracle uh, where he turned water into wine. Uh, but again, given what's happening in our world, I, I decided instead to head in, in a different direction that you're soon going to see. I, I also feel this great peace about this series because I think it's really fitting. I think it's incredibly appropriate because I am trusting that God is going to work a miracle in the midst of the storm that we are experiencing right now. I, I know that God is going to use this for his good. And in fact, he already has. Again, we see that just in the sheer number of people who are finally giving church a chance because online version of church is so accessible. 
And, and let's be honest, I mean, I'll just be like really candid. What the heck else are you going to watch? For all you dudes out there, you don't have sports. And so like, you're like, all right, maybe I'll finally give this church thing a chance because at least I, I get to watch something that is actually live. Uh, quick side note here. I, I know that Frozen 2 was released this week on Disney Plus and Probably a lot of you are thinking that that's just like incredible timing given, you know, the fact that we're all kind of quarantined and stuck in our homes. But um, I'm going to go counterculture here. I'm actually like against Frozen 2. I'm going the opposite direction. I am so sick of hearing in my house, into the unknown. It's like, I mean, it's in my head. I can't get it out of my head right now. Why don't you just comment in in that sidebar right now if you're feeling the same way that I am feeling. Uh, Honestly, Because of all the free time that we have at our disposal right now, this might actually be a really, really great opportunity for you to catch up on some of our previous uh, messages. You can go to grumlaw.com slash messages and and catch up on those as as you look for additional content to consume and and different ways to kind of pass the time where, again, you're kind of quarantined to your homes. But again, uh, today, as promised, we we are starting uh, this new series where we're going to be looking at a handful, not all of them, but some of the miracles that Jesus performed while on earth. And and, and the miracle that today we're going to be specifically Look at, uh, looking at can be found in the book of Mark. I'm not going to assume that all of you understand this book that we call the Bible. It's actually divided up into 66 smaller books. It's divided into two sections, the Old Testament, which is sort of the first half, and then the New Testament, which is kind of the second uh, half of the Bible. And the second half of the Bible, the New Testament, kicks off with these four books, Matthew, Mark, that's what we're going to be looking at today, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those four books document for us the life, uh, the birth, the death, and then the resurrection of Jesus. Of those four books that record the life of Jesus, uh, we're pretty confident that Mark is actually the oldest one. John Mark, who is the author of this book called Mark, uh, we know that he got all of his information from Peter, who was a guy who actually spent time with Jesus in the flesh. Now, what's so interesting about this, at this point in history, before we had this this gospel account according to Mark, uh, most of this information was just communicated orally. Now, now think about that. For, For a couple hundred years, we did not have a Bible But yet thousands and thousands of people became Jesus followers because there were all these people running around going, okay, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm telling you, I watched this guy die. And then just days later, he was walking around again. He was alive. And so it's easy for me. If a guy predicts his own death and then predicts his own resurrection, I am going to take what that guy had to say a whole lot more seriously. So here where we pick up in, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus had been teaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's a real place. This is a real event. And, and, and he wants to get away from the crowds after teaching to them for the entire day. Now, now keep in mind, this is really early on in, in Jesus' earthly ministry. The, the disciples, these 12 guys that spent virtually every waking moment with Jesus, had not been hanging out with Jesus for all that long at this point. But here we pick up in Mark chapter 4. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Let's cross to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And so they took Jesus in the boat and and they started out, leaving the crowds behind. And I love this detail here that the John Mark offers us. He says, although other boats followed. This would become a theme throughout the life of Jesus. He was constantly trying to escape crowds. 
Jesus was as popular of a human being that existed on the world at this present time in our world. People wanted to get close to Jesus. They wanted to hear Jesus teach. He was performing all these miracles. People just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. He was constantly trying to get away from the fame. He was constantly trying to escape these massive crowds just so he could get some alone time with his disciples and in particular some alone time with his heavenly father. But as they're crossing, it says this, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. A a fierce storm came up that nobody had accounted for. Not even these disciples. A number of them were fishermen. They knew how to read the weather, but they didn't see it coming. They were caught off guard. It disrupted their plans. See where I'm going with this? Does, does this sound perhaps familiar to any of you? See, see, though we knew that this virus existed in our world weeks ago, months ago, I, I don't think any of us had accounted for what we are currently experiencing right now. I, I don't think anyone, whether it's the average dude like me or you, or the infectious disease expert, really knows exactly where this is headed. And the reason that I believe that to be true is because I can listen to 12 different interviews with 12 different supposed experts and they say 12 different things. I see a lot of people guessing. I see a lot of people estimating. I see a lot of people supposing. But nobody really knows for certain how the coming weeks, how the coming months, how the coming year is really going to play out. See, see, throughout our lives, we're, we're going to constantly be hit with storms that we had no way of predicting, that, that, that we truly did not see coming. The, the, this last week was definitely one of those storms for me personally. Uh, a little bit over a week ago, you know, this, this last Wednesday, it was like, we're definitely having church. And then by Thursday, it's like, we might not have church. And by Friday, it's like, okay, if we have church, we are just being like grossly irresponsible at this point. And so we're scrambling for the whole online version of church, like making sure that we can pull that off along with our staff. Uh, Not to mention, uh, the last time we were in person, I I shared with all of you that we've been in this adoption, this foster care process. And and God decided in the midst of just kind of the chaos of what we're experiencing right now in our world, that on that Thursday, he would also give us a four-month-old into our home. And so our family went from a family of four to a family of five overnight. So it's like at work it's crazy when I get home. It's even crazier. Storms will come. How do you tend to react? And and come on, this doesn't really have to be hypothetical. How are you reacting right now? Let's take a look at how the disciples reacted. Jesus, it says, was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion I have no idea, by the way, why John Mark gives us this detail, but perhaps it's because, I don't know, he just wanted to let us know that Jesus was really comfortable, head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Let me help you interpret the disciples' tone in this situation. They were not calm. They weren't like gently nudging Jesus going like, Jesus. Jesus, you know, you do this to your spouse, like, honey, honey, wake up. They they, they weren't going, Jesus, teacher, don't don't you care that we're going to drown? No, no, no. They're losing it. They're shouting. 
They're going, Jesus, don't you care that we are going to drown? They were freaking out. They were losing their minds. Fear, anxiety, worry was getting the best of them. You all, I'm absolutely believing that there is an opportunity for good in what we are experiencing right now in our world. For, for this crisis to be used for good. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But, but we all have the option to, to operate like the majority of our country, like the majority of our world. Like these men with Jesus are operating in this literal storm. We have certainly the chance to completely lose our minds. And, and, and right here, the disciples, Jesus' closest friends, they ask a question that is so central to understanding our fear, to to understanding our worry. They ask this question, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? Many of you who are watching right now, you have asked that question over the last couple of weeks. You have literally asked God in one form or another, God, don't you care? Don't you see what is happening in our world right now? And I'm telling you, this is one of the most defining moments in any of our lives. When you wrestle with this question and you figure this out for yourself, does God know? Does God care? And if you believe that God does know, if you believe that he does care, it becomes a whole lot easier to remain calm, to find peace in times like this. Now, conversely, if you're sitting here, if you're listening to this and you don't think that God knows, and you don't think that God cares, you should be panicked right now. You should worry. You probably shouldn't be getting a very good night's rest. You should be an absolute emotional wreck. But what we're about to see here between Jesus and these disciples not only shows us the power of Jesus, but it reveals something about the very character of God. By the way, If you were waiting on the miracle in this story, I'm warning you right now, get back to the screen, here it comes. When Jesus woke up after he's getting shaken, after he's getting yelled at by his friends, he rebuked, (laughs) he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves. Now, side note, we read this stuff because it's in the Bible and we don't really think anything of it. If your spouse, if your neighbor started yelling at and rebuking the wind, started rebuking the weather, you would think that they had lost their minds. He, He says, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped And there was a great calm. Jesus rebukes, he scolds the wind, the waves, the weather. And as bizarre as that probably sounds, the crazier thing is, is that it actually works. (laughs) And and right here, it, it turns out that we're actually given the answer to this question that the disciples raise and and a question that you surely have wrestled with at some point in your life, again, maybe over these last couple of weeks. 
God, don't you care? And if actions speak louder than words, and I think we would all agree that they do, it it, it seems that Jesus just answered that question with a resounding yes. But but, but just as we, we spoke about at length in our last series, Mastermind, likely the greatest battle, likely the greatest storm that you are facing right now is the one going on between your ears. The storm that is going on in your own mind. Those runaway thoughts that can take you captive. Those runaway thoughts that can make you a prisoner. That have perhaps paralyzed you over the last week. And what we just saw in the disciples is something that we all deep down know to be true of in ourselves, that left to our own devices, that left to our natural inclinations, fear, anxiety, worry, it takes over. That is in fact what is natural for every single one of us. But please don't miss this. That does not have to be what is normal in your life. And it is certainly not what God wants for you. In another letter titled James, written by a guy who went by the name of James, who just so happened to be one of Jesus' younger brothers, so just picture that for a minute. Jesus was your older brother. Imagine what he saw. Imagine what he observed. Imagine what he heard. James has these words. He says, do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything that they do. James knows, Jesus knows what actually deep down every single one of you who are watching know that fear, that anxiety, that worry, it will hold you back. It will get in the way of you living the life that God so desperately wants for you. And come on, it's not like the last two weeks has revealed something inside of you that you were previously unaware of. No, no, no. In the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a storm, left to our own devices, our ugliest traits just become exaggerated and become a whole lot more visible to you and the people around you. So, so, so right now, yeah, you sure, you might be tipping on the verge of a literal panic attack, but you know that that anxiousness has always been there. You you might be having a lot of rage-fueled outbursts right now, but come on, that anger has always been there. It's just more apparent right now in the midst of a storm. And and James is telling us in this passage that, that unless you deal with that, unless you deal with those ugly traits that the fear the anger, the anxiety, the impatience, the worry, however it happens to most frequently manifest itself in your life. The, 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 unless you deal with those ugly traits, 
that become really, really apparent in the midst of a storm, to use a more theological term, that sinful nature. Unless you deal with that sinful nature, it will forever hold you back from living the life that God so desperately wants for you. The life that God has for you. A a life that is filled with peace and calm and contentment, even in the middle of life's storms. Back to our story here with Jesus and the disciples on the boat. Then he asked them, Jesus asked his disciples, why are you afraid? Do do you still have no faith? A a lot of you who are watching this right now, you you need to direct that question right back at yourself. Why am I so afraid right now? Do, do, Do I still, after all these years of going to church, Do do, do I still, after all this life experience, after going through so much, do do I still have such little faith? We we touched on this last week. Here's the best part of this. Jesus is anti-fear. Jesus is anti-worry. Jesus is anti-anxiety. Jesus is, in fact, for you. He doesn't want that as a part of your life, which is precisely why he offers himself to you. Jesus isn't asking this question right here because he's trying to rub their noses in it. Jesus isn't saying this because he's being a smart aleck, because he's so sick of their lack of faith. No, he's saying, recognize who you have on the boat with you. Recognize who is standing in front of you right now. Recognize who goes before you. Stop focusing on the storm all around you. Focus on who goes before you. Jesus is peace personified. He is peace calm in a body sent down to earth to pay the sacrifice for your sinful nature, which as your life has likely shown you, particularly in the midst of a crisis, you have no ability to solve long-term on your own. He came down for you so that you can experience life to the full. A life that is no longer being hijacked by your sinful nature. Get your eyes off the storm, the waves, the lightning, the crisis, the news, and get your eyes, fix your eyes on Jesus. You guys, we should just get comfort from this one fact alone. Notice in the story, Jesus wasn't scared. He was literally taking a nap. It took the disciples like shaking and yelling at him to even get him to wake up. Do do we have such a small view of God right right now that we picture him up in heaven pacing back and forth going, oh my gosh, coronavirus, I just didn't see this coming. Oh my goodness, what in the heck are we going to do about this? And remember, he's not absent. It wasn't like Jesus was out of the boat 
He hadn't abandoned the disciples and he surely has not abandoned us. He has been here the entire time. He is the peace, the, the, the calm, waiting, waiting for you to go running to him. Now, now the disciples, watching the weather listen to a guy, were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other, because at this point, they didn't have a lot of life experience with Jesus yet. They're going like, what in the heck have we signed ourselves up for? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Again, let's not just breeze past this. The weather listen to Jesus. You all get pretty excited when your dog like sits on command. Jesus is out here getting the weather to obey him. But in all seriousness, will you obey him? Will you go running to him? Will you allow him not to just fix, but take your fear, take your anger, take your anxiety, take your worry, and replace it with peace, calm, contentment? Will you obey him? Like the storm that those disciples faced on that boat a couple thousand years ago on the Sea of Galilee, The storm that we are experiencing right now in our world, it too will pass. And as you think about that, the question that I really want you to wrestle to the ground today is this. How will you emerge from the storm? And this is a great question for you to ask in the midst of every storm that we face. Because, spoiler alert, this is not going to be the last one that you face in your life. And and once you get to the other side of the sea, once you get through the storm, will, will, will you be closer to God or further from him? One of the things that that we've been challenging you all to do, because let's be honest, a lot of you suddenly have a little bit more free time at your disposal. Let's use this time to really grow our relationship with God. If you've been following along on our social media outlets on Facebook and on Instagram, every single day we're doing a quick blurb and we're challenging all of us to read through the book of Mark, the story that we're diving into today is part of the book of Mark, to read one chapter from the book of Mark every single day. And we're hoping as a church that like all of us are literally reading the exact same chapter every single day. Will you maybe for the first time in your life Begin to practice that discipline of actually opening the pages of a Bible and reading this for yourself and allowing that truth to permeate your life. We begin to actually pray, have like regular, quiet, isolated, uninterrupted time with Jesus and just share honest feelings with him. That is all that prayer is. Will you begin to finally form what could actually be called a relationship with Jesus? To all you dads, you husbands out there, You have an opportunity right now to truly lead your home. You don't even have sports to distract you, so no excuses. I would challenge you, reject what's easy. Reject eight hours of watching TV a day. Get creative with your kids. 
Make this a time where your kids look back and think that that was one of the greatest two week, four week, two months, however long this last spans of my life because how intentional my father was. Have in-home date nights with your spouse where she's like, my goodness, we grew closer in our marriage during that period of time than any other point in the history of our marriage. You could walk out of this more fearful, filled with more anxiety, more worried. You could become the most worried version of you to date or you could become the most peace-filled version of you that you or anyone else has ever seen. And the truth is, is that this is your choice. Because as we talked about last week, this is the reward of spending quality time with Jesus. You begin to experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. You begin to experience a peace that honestly makes no sense to the world. When you get through this storm, because it's going to pass, is your faith going to be stronger or is it going to be weaker? Let me ask this question. What is this storm going to reveal about the local church? For those of you that regularly show up to a church, what is it going to reveal about us? Are we just going to blend in right now or will we serve consistently putting the needs of other people ahead of our own like the world has never seen before? Will, will we be that peace to our neighbors and family and our coworkers and our friends that so desperately need it? Will, will we be known for our hoarding or our helping? Will, will, will we lean towards greed? And by the way, hoarding is just another version of greed cleverly disguised. Or are we going to lean towards generosity? You know what I think? I think that we are about to experience a miracle in our world right now. I actually think we're in the middle of it right now. We, we see this all throughout scripture. We see this all throughout the history of the world. God taking what was meant for evil and turning it and using it for good. A, a storm always precedes the miraculous. Read this for yourself. In the very next chapter, the minute that the disciples hit the other side of the sea, they, they start performing miracles left and right. People left and right start giving their lives to Jesus. They are being used in ways that would have never happened unless they went through the storm. The storm wasn't just this thing that was an obstacle in front of them. It, it was a means to an end. God used it. They needed it. How are we, how are you going to emerge on the other side of this? God right now is prepping us for the miraculous. God right now in the middle of the storm is refining us. Do not run from him, but run to him one step of obedience at a time. Emerge from the storm not weaker but stronger than ever before because you are closer to God than ever before. I said this last week too, but you guys, that, that, that peace, if you're skeptical, it's not a fantasy. It's not some feel-good pipe dream. It is a reality and it is something that God so desperately wants for you. Focus on who goes before you.